Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. I'm your Florida reader, Brett Irvin. I'm your friendly reaper, Daniel Phillips. And we are a weekly book club podcast where we go over one book every month. Um, I'm sorry, hold the phone. We're a bi-weekly book club podcast. Whoa. whoa. We got to change that. Um, That's starting starting next week. So I don't know what we say this week. We go over we go over books. We go over (laughs) books and we make friends along the way. We're in progress. Yes, yes we do. Book of the month Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. Welcome to a book episode. This is a book episode. We're covering that book, TJ Klune's book. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. All right. The I, book. <laughs> well, that that all right was very uh <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right, fine. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. All right, I'm glad you're excited. Whatever. I'm glad you're Moving excited. Moving on. Uh, let's do some short stories and then we yeah, let's can do that. get into the meat of the episode. I love meat. All right. Um, so my short story is um, we had Connor, uh, Maddie's brother, in town this past weekend, which was just very nice. Um, and we we played some Mario Party and w- walked around Greenville. Um, but we also played a new board game that he bought us that I wanted to tell you guys about. It's oh. called Dungeon Scrawlers. Okay. Like s- scrawl, like uh, writing, like drawing. drawing. Yeah. It, so, but it's it's not it's not a drawing game. It's a maze game. It it's it's gonna be really hard to explain. You, it's it basically like competitive. It. I have. We we did. <laughs> um, it, it's competitive racing through mazes. Oh, okay. Um, but it there's like fantasy elements it's like loosely based off of like dungeons and dragons things okay it's um, cool. do you like run into obstacles that you have to overcome yes and like all of it is all, all of the obstacles will be like a treasure and you have to like outline it in a certain way to go to the next room and then like and then you're progressing through rooms until you get to the boss and then the first one who does that ends the game and then you tally your points of like who went through the maze the fastest um, but it's not all. I, okay, I'm getting way into the weeds about this. Anyways, it's very fun, and we'll have to play it sometime soon. Yeah, it sounds like a good old time. You know, I like I like maze games more than I thought that I would, because I feel like the only times I've played like maze style games are like that, and then that like Escape the Hidden Temple game. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's fun. Yeah. They're a good time. It's a good time. Have you ever done like a real life maze? It's not fun. Like been in it's like a hedge a maze time. or something? Yeah, I've done yeah, a couple. I've done some corn mazes. Yeah. Um, they're okay. Nicole and I, um, a few years ago, we went to like a pumpkin picking farm uh, in October once. And it was like very like kid friendly farm. They had like homemade kettle corn and like a big fortress made out of like hay bales which is actually super cool and they had a corn maze and it looked very like kind of like cutesy and we're like uh-huh. oh let's go walk through the corn maze it was a horror and a, about 45 minutes later when we were both super hangry and stuck in this corn maze oh, we're like no. i'm about to just start barging through the middle of this thing because <laughs> it was way way bigger than we thought it was gonna you be keep, you keep your hand on one of the walls and just, just walk it. right Isn't that the rule yeah. Well, they, they got me right off the bat because it was just a square, about three foot by three foot square, and I walked in circles uh, for 20 minutes, and they, had, they actually <laughs> had to come get me. Sir, please stop doing this. Oh, my God. Um, well, that's that's good. Um, 
What I'm I'm also reading books. I uh, I I'm finished Under the Whispering Door, um, which is good because we're talking about that this week. <laughs> yeah, I've started. Yeah, I started my my reread of Jade War, um, which is weird if you're if you've like listened to some episodes and not others because you might have like heard like oh he's he read this in like what January or February. Uh, yeah. But my my in person book club is going through this series, so I'm rereading these back to back, um, and I'm having a great time. It's uh, it's still good. It's still it's still incredible. In fact, um, and and then it's going to be a big year for rereads because I'm also starting um, the Shades of Magic series again because oh. the fourth one comes out uh, here in just a minute. Dan, did you freeze? I don't know. Dan, okay. Dan, Dan, are you for? Are you- my uh, internet just blinked. I just didn't talk, and my audacity kept going. So okay, is oh, there okay. a good like place we can jump in? And I, I kind of want to include it. It's pretty funny. Um, okay, perfect. <laughs> Dan, you, you were, uh, you were a statue when I was saying that stuff, yeah. and I was, I was wondering. I was like, man, does he really just like? not think anything i'm reading is interesting is that what's going on is he just bored of, like, i missed bored most of, his of the mind? things you're reading but if you thought that well, was don't, fun don't I had, worry about I had it i had two statues to look at on my side so oh, oh nice true. yeah very fun um well hey i hope our the rest of the record goes well oh it's gonna be fine okay all right someone else go uh, so i went to our favorite little spot uh, the bookend's favorite little spot, M. Judson. Can I guess? Oh, okay. It was Judson. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I really I really jumped the gun on that. Sorry. Um, Nicole and I had a nice little uh, walkabout downtown this weekend. I had a gift card from a secret Santa that I kind of completely forgot about to uh, that bookstore. And so I went there and I picked up, I had to look at it to make sure I read it right, The Black Tongue Thief. Okay. Um, Tell us about it. It. I started it today. It's like a kind of like a very gruff, dark fantasy is what it feels like. But the main thing I wanted to talk about in my short story is we're huge fans of Libby on this podcast. We love Libby more than anything. And on the flip side of that, I love Hoopla more than anything, which is kind of the Libby equivalent for where I read audiobooks through our library. And freaking wouldn't you know it, Greenville County Library has every single issue of Saga on Hoopla. So I'm trekking through Saga Hold right on. now, which I'm really excited about. Saga, like Brian K. Vaughn's yeah. uh, like acclaimed graphic yeah. novel series? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. As an audiobook? So no, Hoopla also has ebooks, just very uh, few okay. compared to and See, I was, I, I was I very use, confused. Yes, I, sorry, I use Hoopla for audiobooks, but I was scrolling through it today and they were like, saga editions and they have all of them on there so i started reading through that and i'm like i've tried kind of the graphic novel comic book thing before it's never really been my thing um but i'm gonna give it another try and see how did you ever finish paper girls i didn't that was i liked it so good um Um, well uh, this is this is kind of piggybacking off your short story for me to segue in here to talk about something i'm excited about i don't know if y'all saw this but they're doing a full reprinting of the Invincible series, Ooh, um, cool. in like in like bite-sized volumes. So I think the cool. first one is like the first seven volumes. Um, so almost like manga style, where they're like they're going to be l- smaller books of all of the Invincible yeah. 
run yeah um which which is exciting because i mean i hadn't read any of it i've only ever watched the show Mm -hmm. um so maybe as those come out i'll i'll get get into that it just seems like a really cool thing to own too oh for how much that show popped off yeah just some exciting books book things on my side that i'm i'm looking forward to a different medium of reading that i've never really delved into before so we'll see how it goes yeah sweet keep us updated I won't. Um, I don't want to. Okay, you don't have to. Keep it to myself. Yeah, that's that's between you and Saga. Brian Kavon. Yeah, tell Brian about it. I went to see my parents this weekend in Florida. Do you um, like so, Florida? And they finally told you they were proud of you. Yeah. Oh, well, shoot. they haven't done that yet. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> No, they do. I love you, Mom and Dad. They listen to this podcast. I know so. they do. I feel that was such a dumb joke. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I went down, saw them for the weekend. Um, How are Linda out. and Mark? Good. We, uh, I showed them um, jury duty, and they loved it. Oh, sweet. What a good, what a good family romp. Yeah. Jury was, duty has a good track record from parents, from what I've seen. They like can they can get behind it pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was really fun. And I again I loved it just as much the what like second or third time now that I've watched <laughs> it. It's so good. And we also watched a bunch of uh Dr. Pimple Popper, God. which is one of their favorite shows. No. Oh, it's okay. No. Okay, so that was me going in. I was like, I don't want to watch this, but it's actually like there's a there's a lot of like sweet stories of people like having kind of the like their lives saved by her because they have like horrible skin conditions that she helps them with. It's not just about like her popping stuff. It's a lot of it like she's actually helping people in like really extreme cases or like rare cases. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, why'd you why'd you watch it though, you dirty bird? They, so why'd they, you? Why do you like to watch that that come out of people's bodies, you nasty it's one little of boy? The shows. So Dr. Lee, she loves that. I will say I wanted to put out a PSA after watching this show. If you cuz there's so Pem- many cases, service announcement. There's so many cases. That's very good. That is very good. I I appreciate that. That was good. If you are a old man from the south, and you have like a mystery bump or like a big a big ass bump on your body, go get it checked out. Mm. Go go for the for for your sake and for the people in your life's sake. There were so every episode, there was an old white man from the south that has like a 12-pound bump on his back where he's like, Yeah, it just showed up 20 years ago, <laughs> and I just never thought to get it checked. And it's like, dude, get it checked. It looks so bad and it's you're miserable. Go to the doctor. Mm. So mm. if that applies to you, please, I beg you, do it for the people in your life. I'm sure they aren't super fond of it. Brett, mm. what about this podcast do you think that our our target audience is 50-year-old plus men from the South? I don't know, but if spread it to them. Tell them this Time episode to applies you to heard you. It here first. 
Bookends with Friends supports old white men from the South. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Um, no, let's backtrack. <laughs> if you have an old white man from the South in your life. That you care about. That, that you, you care, care about. about. That you care if about. You this do, isn't like a mean thing. Them. I'm saying like. Let it, that pimple grow. <laughs> no, do not. Do not wait 20 years to go to the doctor. And then she solves it in 20 minutes. She's like, yeah, I just have to take this out really quick. And it's like, so, you've been living with this for 20 years. To, to go on this thread, we're, we're already here. We're just going to delay the book talk a little oh, bit longer. God. When I was in high school and early college, I had a cyst on my wrist, which I always hate saying because it rhymes. Cyst on your wrist. Yep, exactly. Cyst on my wrist. Was it a lipoma? I don't really know. It kind of just went away one day. I know all these terms now. It kind of just like went away one day, but it was there for a good like two years. And have you guys ever heard of a Bible cyst? No. Is that like where somebody says- Did someone pray it away? Oh, oh, no. It's even worse. So I am from the South and um, many people in my life in- you know, small town Alabama told me about this. It's called a Bible cyst because it's the size of a cyst that could be cured by taking a King James Bible and hitting it really hard. Oh <laughs> my God. I heard that multiple times in high school. They're like, oh, that's just a Bible cyst. Come here. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not coming that's here. wild. Because one, why is it that common? Yeah. And I, okay, can we There's, can we talk about books? I, I can't. I I don't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore. Okay. I don't want to play in that space anymore. It's not a safe I space. I love playing in the space about in the pimple space, Alabama. No, I, I certainly saying. do not. <laughs> I that whole state. It. I don't want to play in that space. <laughs> I went into it with a closed mind, Doctor Susan Lee is a great doctor. She helps a lot of people. Yes, it's yeah. there are a lot of gross moments, but she's also a cool... It's, it's, it's cool. There's some cool stories. But Brett's got a pimple kink, and he's not ashamed of it. And hey, we're, this is, we're, we're here to support you, Brett. And old I'm white man. Okay, here's the quote of the week for the book episode, Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klin. If we worry about the little things all the time, we run the risk of missing the bigger things. That's beautiful. I think it's extra beautiful knowing the conversation that we just came from. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about the little things. Brett, what are you talking about? Yeah, You're don't miss worry the... about that little bump. Let that little bump grow. Worry about, don't worry about it till it's a big thing. Yeah. Until oh, it my. oh my God. Okay. So we <laughs> we're discussing TJ Clune's, um, uh, Under the Whispering Door, uh, TJ Klune is a, a popular author. I think he was really put on the map from House in the Surian Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, I will yeah. never say that right. Uh, but uh, that's it a couple times in this book. Not he definitely book, he does. He, no, he like absolutely is alluding to his other works in multiple Shared spots universe. in this book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he does. He does like some fantasy. Uh, I, I would say he he kind of specializes in cozy fantasy, um, and Under the Whispering Door definitely uh, fits that genre. Old. Uh, and so let's let's talk about it. Uh, we, I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear y'all's thoughts. We we really haven't 
talked about this at all, which is rare for us. I feel like normally when we're reading books for this podcast, like we try to like we try to not talk mm-hmm. about it off pod, but then we end up doing it because we're idiots yeah. and we can't. Yeah, we can't resist. We'll kind of like sprinkle thoughts here and there. Yeah, and it gives me an idea of like, did you guys like it or not? I yeah. have no clue where y'all stand. This is a raw reaction. <laughs> Giving it to you raw here. Yeah, <laughs> okay. just, just pop it for me, Brett. <laughs> tell me tell me what your thoughts. Um, pop it wide open. I thought it was, I, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I think Cozy Fantasy really describes it perfectly. Um, I was... Going into it, I was um, a little, like, in in the first sections of the book, I was a little skeptical of the love story because of how the characters were introduced. Because I didn't, obviously didn't like Wallace, and I didn't feel like anyone should, he should be attractive to anyone. But I think that's the point. And, you know, second chances mean everything. Especially, especially because Hugo is, like, the best. So So it's like let alone Hugo in that situation. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was it was just like a, a good, like, obviously there were, it was emotional, but it was a good, like, heartwarming, in the end, it was a good heartwarming, um, um, cozy fantasy. Cozy fantasy, yeah. Adventure. Um, I'll say, I, I feel like I'm usually the downer on this podcast with books that we read. Um, hey, Dan, don't, don't sell yourself short. You're no, usually the downer period. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I agree with everything that Brett said, but I thought it was just okay for me. I liked it. I, I would, yeah. I would recommend this book to many people. I've told Nicole a hundred times while reading it that she should definitely pick this book up because I think she would really enjoy it. We have a lot of discussion questions that kind of go into why I thought it was okay, so I'll save mm-hmm. my more detailed thoughts for then. Uh, but overall, I did like the book. I wasn't raving over it, kind of like I thought I would be, though. Yeah. So you know, that's 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 pretty uh, exactly where where I'm at with it. So okay. I um, and you know, you know, I I it's I I was interested to hear what y'all thought because I've I've read T.J. Clune before. Yeah. And it's it, it like on paper, the like synopsis wise, this is right up my alley. Yeah. And I'd say probably about 70% of this book was right up my alley. And there was just some things that didn't quite land for me. Okay. Um, And I don't know if that was some of the emotional punches or some of the thematic stuff, but we will get into it over the discussion. Um, Cause I, I feel yeah. like, I wonder, I wonder where, where we overlap Dan. Cause I, I feel the same way where I feel like, it, like I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, like if someone asked like, Hey, should I read this? I, you know, sure. I, I don't know that I'm going to be talking about it the way I did with Cerulean C. And I feel like maybe I was wondering if that was what, uh, was my problem was that I was comparing it too much to that. Um, but yeah. I mean, let, let's just get into the reg, the rest of the discussion questions. I feel like we're, we're beating around the bush and cool. I want to hear, hear what you guys thought. Sweet. So let's just jump into the biggest part of any book, the characters. And what did you guys think of them? Brett already kind of shared his opinion of first impressions of Wallace, which I think we can all agree on. Yes. Uh, but uh, what about everyone else and Wallace in the end? So, you know, I was I was OK with Wallace's redemption. 
I was less okay with Wallace's introduction, um, but I don't know if, if for the same reasons as as what you said earlier, Brett. Like, I, I agree he was pretty detestable from the beginning, but I think the thing that was distracting for me with him was he didn't seem consistent. Yeah. From, like, the, it, it was almost like there wasn't really any reason for him to be as evil as yeah, <laughs> yeah like as yeah, evil yeah. as he was and then for his like 48 hours of being in Chiron's crossing for him to turn into like pretty much a wonderful person like they they like said like oh he like had some bad days yeah but they didn't really show it and so that kind of gave me whiplash because it it almost it almost felt like two separate characters entirely. Like the the through line wasn't there for me, uh, which like honestly wasn't yeah. that big of deal. Um, but it it was a little distracting because like I I almost forgot how bad Wallace was from the start. Right. He just seems like a different character. Right. I see that. Um, that that's actually my my biggest issue with the book, and it, it was my biggest issue. I I think knowing that this is very much fantasy, like it's easier to kind of be like, okay, you know, I can move past this character development. Um, But for me, and this is a flaw I have with books. I know I am minority of this. I always want more length to a book. And I think this book actually could have benefited from it to like curve Wallace's progression a little bit shallower instead of that drastic like steep incline and to like the good person that he became yeah um but overall like i i like wallace i love how he ended up uh, but nothing really compares in this book for me but except uh may and nelson i think yeah. they oh, yeah. stole the book for, for yeah, me yeah. for sure that's and I, I'm, I mean i'm glad you really said that i love may may is a fantastic character and uh brett did you do the audiobook yeah I don't know what it was about it. So I did split. I read like probably half on ebook and half on audiobook. The narrator's voice for May made me love her more for yeah, some it reason. A, I, it was yeah, so good. He did such a good <laughs> such a good did, voice. Yeah, he did just like the perfect like kind of like quirky sitcom yeah. character side voice and right. I, I loved it, was, it. I liked it. I liked that a lot as well. I, I really think pictured a lot of his voices were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, with kind of the like sardonic uh, l- humor from May, almost like an Aubrey Plaza, April yes. Ludgate type character, uh, which I-, I think I think she was the probably the strongest. I mean, I really liked Nelson too. Yeah. Um, but as far as like arc goes, I think that May's story, or, or just like May as a character, was was always good to read. She was a scene stealer. I, I really probably I, I could have read a book about her. I think like she she was very fascinating and fun. And um, I really like that sense of humor. And I think it was impressive that he was able to translate that kind of like like kind of dry, kind of mean sense of humor. Yeah. But like in a way that, you know, it's so much like it's back right. to so much love. The only thing with the characters and I it wasn't like it was something that I was truly missing, but it felt more like obviously Wallace is a main character, but it felt more like like a group sitcom kind of thing where it is alluded to that they all had pretty deep backstories. 
but they didn't yeah, go super yeah. far into and really many of them outside of a couple pages per Hugo, right which they kind of obviously delved into a lot but I, it, that wasn't really an issue it was just kind of somewhere i was like i wanted to know more about yeah yeah i almost wonder if it was intentional because i know a lot of the oh, thematically one thing that was pretty consistent was the the idea that like you can change like your your past yeah. doesn't define you right yeah that's so that's a good point. uh but but i i don't know for sure but that also that also was kind of something that i grappled with with all of these characters um maybe outside of nelson who i think probably had the best backstory and, and like uh like motivation i would say mm-hmm. um yeah. because the and i and, and maybe you guys can speak more to this because maybe i maybe i just missed it when i was reading and i was tired or something but even though I loved May and I think she's she's one of the best characters, her um, story with her mom, I felt like was written to be more profound and more like like more emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't understand why there was like her her response and her motivation was almost so extreme of like. I need to leave. I need to get away from my mom. I, I yeah. just remember her mom like didn't quite accept her for like her being like a reaper and her seeing ghosts. Um, but I mean, w- did I miss something major? Was there anything like crazy that her mom did to drive her away? I think it's more of what you just said of like, it just wasn't the focus on purpose to kind of breeze through. Okay. Why they ended up in the tea shop together rather than showing like a detailed journey of like how they all got there. Cause yeah. I, I don't remember catching anything significant from like May's backstory. Yeah. Um, thought, thoughts on, I mean, we can all agree. Hugo's just, he's amazing. He's one. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's he delightful. Really cool. So I actually, I, I will say I really appreciated reading Hugo um, because I feel like authors, and a lot of storytellers don't always want to do this with some characters. But Hugo read to me like uh, like the best type of Superman, in my opinion, um, like the like like a good Clark Kent Superman in a way of like just unrelenting, uh, unapologetic kindness. Yeah, yeah. And just good. And, and one of my favorite moments from uh, the book, is I think it was Nelson was talking to Wallace about Hugo and he said something along the lines of like he he has this level of kindness and like the world doesn't realize how important that is um and i i just i mean i really appreciated the fact that like he he did have complexities and he he did have layers but he was just like pretty solid of a person yeah throughout the entire book he even when he lost his patience and was angry he was so like methodical about it. Like he always had, like you said, he he was he was so level headed about everything. Like he he was just that person that is like a rock to everybody around them. And yes, he did have, and clearly they talk about it. He had panic attacks and stuff. So it's not like so it's, he wasn't it's infallible, just a cool way. right? Yeah. They show yeah. a human side to him, but they also show that like he can handle himself in a lot of situations, and he is just. It's it's not like a fake kindness because he does go through stuff like he is truly that patient and kind. Yeah. 
Did y'all have any scenes that y'all thought were the most emotionally impactful or compelling? Oh, Nelson talking about his wife. That one. Yeah. Destroyed yeah. me. I think it's a very like familiar thing to have with anyone in your life of, man, this person does this thing and it drives me crazy and I wish they would stop doing it. But when that person's not around to do that thing, you're like, God, all I want in my life is for that like thing that used to annoy me so much to be back in my life. And yeah. like, I, I feel like I've had that with like grandparents growing up who have passed away or just like anyone in my family and reading that I was like, oh man, I, that's so relatable to yeah. anyone who has gone through someone passing. Um, 100%. And it was just, it was a really cool part to read about. Probably my favorite part of the book, honestly, and the reason I like Nelson so much. Yeah. Um, I honestly, the, uh, the epilogue is what hit me the hardest. I would say, uh, it, it was just, it, the, the scene was when, uh, Nelson and Apollo decided to, um, go through the door. So it was also, I guess, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I mean, but, uh, what, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but we've yeah, been talking Nelson, spoilers the whole book. When Nelson and Apollo decided to go through, it was just because uh, he 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 kind of like mentioned it really fast, then went on a long story about like what what they'd been up to, but then just like him talking to everybody and giving advice, and they they stayed up through the night until sunrise telling yeah. stories, and just yeah. their relate his relationship with Hugo is so special. Like you said earlier, like he has the most compelling story so it's just like him being always being hugo's guardian and now he's ready to go find his happiness right and and be back and the apollo scene like oh man i was that entire scene i was crying pretty pretty hard because that was that was uh just i don't know that just those relationships were super special um to to cap us off with i i think i i you know now that we're talking about i think nelson stole the emotional scenes of the book for yeah, sure. Um, the the other scene that I really loved um, that I thought was maybe one of the more profound things from the book was when because like, they, they had a, they had mentioned a couple times where Wallace had like asked Nelson, like, hey, you're a ghost. Why do you appear old? Um, and they kind of like joked about it. And, and like yeah. Nelson was just a, this old man the entire time. And it was something that you kind of like were like, OK, yeah, whatever. But then the end, I, I think it was like it was maybe the epilogue right before the epilogue when he, he yeah. was talking to Nelson, he Wallace uh, realized that Nelson had only ever stayed old because that's how Hugo knew him. And Hugo had lost his parents. So Nelson stayed in this old, like elderly, you know, arguably worse version of his body yep. so that Nelson or so that Hugo could have mm-hmm. a, something solid, something firm to hold on to, um, which I, I I really, I just appreciated. It, it made me like his character even yeah. more, and I already had so much love for that character. It's genius writing. It's really good writing, that little yeah. tug at the end. Yeah. Reaper, Ferryman, Ghost. What do you guys want to be if you were in charge of this operation they got going on? I, I feel like Reaper... 
had the bet has it's the best one yes. right it's the best one by far i'm glad you, we agree on this okay yeah do we you, even, it, <laughs> maybe this discussion point is, yeah, is moot because that's the coolest one it's the best it's the best of both um yeah you you can you can you know be in both worlds and also i feel like to be Hugo's character, there's I mean, not that there's not a weight on Reapers because they Pressure. have to go through a lot of that stuff. But you have to be like a really special kind of person to be like a ferryman, like having that calming guidance and patience yeah. and everything. And that would just be so tough. And also, I assume they pick people who are familiar with like the depths of despair and know how yeah. to navigate it. So obviously being a ferryman, but it's just... That just seems like such a weight on your shoulders. Again, not that being a Reaper isn't, but it just feels like... It makes a lot of sense that Hugo has panic attacks because the anxiety that comes with that role sounds unbelievable. Reaper's kind of like a fun grandparent. Like They're the first thing you see. They get to comfort you as much as they can, and then they dump you off on the ferryman, and then they're there for you if they're needed. Right, and And they have some sort of magic teleporting like, ability yeah that's yeah. never really explained but is kind of alluded to very fun they have a magic sigil to like blink to and from the living and the dead and like but he- hear me out ghosts you can change your clothes to whatever you want and you never have to true. sleep now that is a good point um God, i, I guess I have to sleep if you can touch stuff, you can also like read books and do stuff yeah. like that. So there is a plus to that for sure. For sure. For sure. Big um, con. You do have to be dead. You do have to be so dead. That's oh, the big con. That's a yeah, large con. That's, that's a pretty big con in that column. Oh, uh, large con. Big con. I do. I do want to bring back and it's not, uh, I kind of had a question on it. Um, so the world building, you guys just mentioned like, you know, the, the teleportation, not really mm. being explained. Um, some of the stuff with the manager, like, obviously, I think that's, you know, on purpose. But is Cerulean Sea, I'm not saying it's like a, I didn't have a problem with it, but I would say it was a little bit light on world building. Um, is that kind of similar to, because I know that's based on mythology and stuff. So do, do they just reference it or do they? So, I, I mean, no, it's not, it's not even really based off mythology. There's like creatures, like mythological yeah. creatures in that. But it's it's very similar where he uses fantasy as like almost like an allegory or vehicle for storytelling. Right. Okay. Um, and like the setting is, is also pretty small um, in a way that it's way more character focused and mm. like magic is all like soft magic. Like, like powers aren't really like a thing that's like going to be explored because I think, I think that's very intentional in his stories yeah. um, to be something that's like almost like breezed over uh, where like you don't, you shouldn't really spend too much time asking like, right. well, how does this work in this scenario? You know? Cause I, I don't think that's uh the, point the intention behind it. it, but that, that's a it good fits. question. Yeah, it fits super well with his writing. Yeah, I, I will say, um, if if we don't mind moving to a different point, because Brett just brought it up, I think the thing I disliked the most about the book was the manager. It. Oh yeah, same. This, do you feel the same way? I feel like this book could have existed the without same his exact character way it did without the manager. Dude, ever yes, being a that, part of it. I I completely agree, and I don't even understand really what the messaging was with that character. Yeah, I think I missed it. It's just like 
the the main plot thing he had was you know resurrecting wallace i feel like the story could have ended the same way with wallace continuing their operation with the husks as a ghost and would have been fine but that doesn't i guess you know lead to the relationship at the end he's hinted out a lot in this book and he comes in pretty close to the end to not really do a whole lot and to be really confusing yes and to take up screen time which i would have loved for it to be the other characters 100 percent agree to to a point where and i almost wrote a longer goodreads review um but i was worried that y'all would see it and uh i mean but daniel it feels like we're completely aligned because when they first introduced him as the stag, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be super cool because the whole time you hear the manager and you're thinking of this like human. And I was like, oh, it's just going to be this like almost like, uh, like ethereal creature that doesn't speak and just like somehow communicates its will, but is very like hands off. And then like, and that, that was obviously like very first impressions. Cause then he immediately turns into the little boy and it's kind of like he he it's just maniacal. weird because yeah, yeah he's like a he's like a maniacal benevolent god but then he claims like oh i'm not god but then he can be god if he wants to there, there's a bunch of just like weird um like almost like uh dissonance with his character that the story didn't need and i really think if they were if they were to just pluck that character out you could have had the story a lot more time focused on the characters um, that like the human characters, the human element of it. And I think I would have liked it infinitely more. I really think for something, something about the manager didn't sit well with me to a point where like that, I I really think that was like the, the part that kind of took the wind out of my sails where I was like, at first, like, you know this book was a four and a half five and then and then you know kind of bumped down to like a middle of the road to me but and i i mean i know that's nitpicky i wonder if um um, it was something where he had the outline of the original story and in like a revision or something like that somebody encouraged him to include a villain or something because you mentioned him being able to be like plucked straight out of the story yeah so it almost feels like maybe he was like inserted into bits in the story. Well, and it's almost like I, I feel like he really wanted to have a commentary about like corporate world and how because like Wallace was a manager, he like for his l- law firm or yeah. whatever, and he was an asshole. And then the manager of the spirit world was also an asshole. But then it, he wasn't. And then he changed very quickly for almost like it is very like ex machina like just you know at a blink of an eye he yeah. was like ah oh, i'm actually gonna be good now it seemed um, like for fun it's like oh let's just see how this goes i guess well yeah, yeah. well it was interesting because he started by saying when they first met when he took alan away he said he told he starts by being like super nice and he's like yeah well wallace free will is paramount and then Wallace like pushes him on it and he's like, well, orders Paramount. And that's when he turned like he suddenly like turns his to his other face. And he's like, now you're like, oh, this guy is bad. Like, this is not good. And then he becomes the bad guy for a long time and super threatening. Like, that's kind of how he responds. He's sarcastic to everything that Hugo says. And then all of a sudden 
now he's like, oh, I actually liked you guys, but I was being pushed by my bosses to do this stuff. And now I trust you. So you're just like, he has like the, this not, not, I don't know if it's a he or that they have this like multiple personality almost. Cause yeah. you're like, what's, what's going on? This higher being is. I, I think the, the, cause I agree with you. And I think that kind of gets, um, cause you, you had just spoken Brett about like the free will versus, uh, order theme that they were talking about. And I think one of the other major problems I had with this book is the entire course of the novel was about, um, you know, a river only moves one way, right? Like that's, that's the thing that they talked about. The, the entire thing about this book is about processing grief and, and letting go and moving on and acceptance and coming to terms of death. And I think that's, um, like it's done a lot in, in, novels it's done in in many different ways but it felt like the messaging at the first half of the book was pretty clear that you can't cheat death and that the best thing to do is to love in spite of death right To, to let love overcome death and the pains that go along with death and then in the last you know 30 pages of the book wallace is literally resurrected from death and and prevents it and turns the other way from the river and like i i guess like he will die again so maybe that's the thing he told him to get his heart looked at so it's almost like he's he just put him back on like right before his heart attack so i don't know yeah i i don't know man it just it felt weird to me right if he had gone through the door i think i would have liked it more yeah. Um, and I so almost as like a, a beautiful tragedy, right? Because I think um, the the entire time Hugo and Wallace's relationship, I think, was this beautiful thing of um, kind of that that idea of like r- wrong or right person, wrong time. Right. Like mm-hmm. they they met and um, they could never be because one's alive and one's dead. But they have the like just such a beautiful relationship. And then that's even it like further push with the idea that like they can't touch so they have to hug through like may like giving them hugs or like encouraging them um and there's like those moments that like they reach for each other's hands but they can't grab and like i i really loved that from a from a narrative like perspective i thought that worked so well and i really would have loved that story ending with wallace coming to terms and them and in in a way of them both knowing like this isn't the ultimate end right like yeah. they they both know that there's something after life so they could say like like Hugo could have left it with like I will I'll be like I'll, you know as when I get there like be waiting for me and or Wallace could have said that to Hugo and I think that would have made at least and I don't know everything's subjective but maybe been more impactful than the cheeky resurrection thing that they did yeah Yeah, i think it probably would have been a little bit like maybe my my only i'm just thinking in like just to play play the opposite like maybe it would have been too heartbreaking for hugo just because it's just like he's just kind of like beat on the entire the entire book with stuff going on and so in like he's dealing with a lot of other situations so it's like if he also had to let Wallace go and be alone for the rest of his life. Not necessarily the rest of his life, but 
just be alone for that long and then Wallace is going off to the to to the great beyond it maybe it was too too much of a tragedy but it almost feels uh, like again that may have fit with the narrative yeah is let me be both of you in the middle um on the the two ends we're on what if Wallace goes to the door and then the epilogue of the book is Hugo waking up after life and like that would have been Wallace. cool. Yeah, super cool. I'm down. Yeah, that. I'm down with that. That, that would have been great. The other uh, thought that I had, and sorry, we're really snowballing right now. Um, but I, I had the idea that when when he when Wallace took his hook out the tether, like the life tether, right, yeah. and then gave it to Cameron to save him in this like incredible selfless act. I thought the solution to that would have been Nelson taking his hook out and hooking Wallace and then them continuing that like the trio of ghost reaper ferryman but Nelson would have moved on and then it could have been like oh well like you kind of take my place in this story and then it would have ended like where Wallace doesn't even necessarily have to move like he doesn't have to pass through the door at the end you know it's coming at some point but they could have continued with that like uh I mean the setup that they had right uh but just kind yeah, of i i would have liked i think i would have liked that yeah. too i don't know right, i had I'm a gonna, lot of thoughts yeah, yeah yeah get us back on track i'm gonna i'm gonna toss this on an upswing because um i don't want it to make it sound like i didn't like the book and uh, i've been complaining about the book a lot um so one huge pro of this book for me um and this is gonna sound awful because the pro is actually comparing it to a book that i didn't like uh i think this book did a lot of things really well that they both die at the end did poorly. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. think there's a lot of similarities in this book to they both die at the end and it handled almost every single one of them better. Um, Speak on that. Yeah. It's just like, it's the, the similarities of, you know, life is ending or it's over and you have a limited amount of time with someone that you wish you knew during your lifetime, right? I, I feel like that's a common theme for both of those books. Um, whereas in this one, I feel like the characters are kind of working for each other. Whereas, and they both die at the end. I, I wouldn't say that the characters are selfish, but they're both trying to like get the most out of their last day, which makes sense for the, the concept of that book. But uh, when it comes to, and what made me think of this is Parker saying like selfless act, like having a selfless act in a moment where you know you're going to be gone forever for these people that you wish you knew your whole life is super impactful and super important and a big 180 from what Wallace was in life. Um, so I just think it's really cool. And I I don't want to keep crapping on the book because I did enjoy it. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I wanted us no, no, to swing and, us in a positive yeah, direction. No, that That's totally fair. And and to that point, um, something that I wanted to talk about that I think that the book also did really well. And this was kind of early on in the book, but it I think it discussed grief in a way that I really appreciated. Um, I think it played it safe. Sorry, I'm going to say one more thing. One more thing. One more. One last thing. <laughs> I think it played it safe in a lot of ways where a lot of things sure. were very wrapped up neatly and it didn't get into some of the more nuanced conversation of um, justice for P- 
people who are who live their lives in a way that is is really really bad and I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't even know if I want to get down that rabbit hole. It just was a safe, like, it almost seemed like every character was, like, very redeemable. Like, like and pretty easily redeemable, right? Um, I guess, like, Alan wasn't, but I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah rough, was, huh? Jeez. That was yeah. a whole other... So, that, I, that I just, don't know. Don't, yeah. Um, but the thing that I really, really loved early on was a conversation between Hugo and wallace and they talked about the little deaths in life and i think that that's something that's such a beautiful profound concept that isn't talked about a lot um but about how like we grieve things in our lives that aren't necessarily like the the death of a person um but like the the death of like oh you had childhood ideas of what you thought life would be like and then that got away from you or um or or maybe it was the death of like uh you you had uh you know wanted wanted this for your career and then that took a completely different trajectory or um or someone who you who you really loved um ended up kind of throwing away their lives and you you have to kind of realize that you can't save them there's Mm. there's some really profound messaging within that idea of little deaths that you grieve even while you're living um and so i, I really right. liked that they had that conversation that that part was very good i'm glad you brought that one up cool do you want to do the last discussion question we have i think there's one more yeah let's let's do the last discussion question and then bookmark it this is a really good question i parker you wrote this one yeah, dude. You wrote all of these. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Uh, if you were a ferryman, how would you ease your guest? Uh, what would your version of tea be? So you're a ferryman easing the recently dead into passing. Where are you going to be? What are you going to be doing? Maybe I was I was thinking about this uh, a lot yesterday. Maybe ice cream. Oh wait! Oh yeah, that's a good answer. Like different. There's so many flavors. Or like frozen yogurt. Yeah, I feel like that would equate. Um, and I feel like that's also could like bring back. Obviously, you know, not everybody likes it, but that's I guess frozen yogurt would be an option too. Um, but I just feel like (laughs) it similar to tea. There's like like you guys said. There's so many flavors, and it's also something that like, you know, we grow to love as kids. So it's. It yeah, brings back positive memories and stuff. Mm. So I feel like that would be a good, like a like a cute ice cream dessert shop, like Brett's yeah. ice cream parlor. I, I also thought a lot about this because uh, it was hard to come up with an answer, which I think is another pro of picking a tea shop is perfect for what he it wanted really to do is. with the setting. Uh, so I tried to veer away from like bookstore or coffee shop because it's like pretty similar and i think you're dead here's a book i hope you like it (laughs) read it now in front of me i think a really peaceful version of this and i like that like the ferryman and the reaper worked you know their life wasn't just doing this but they still had like things to do on the other side and maybe it's going back to alabama roots again but i think just a peaceful field with some crops it could get could get the job done, you know. Just bring them out there. You're gonna make we'll them farm. Out. No, I'll do the farming. 
But they can just, you know, play with the dog and Dan's the Dan's got a straw hat on. He looks like a scarecrow. Yeah. I am that's just how a scarecrow. They pop out and he's like up on like a scarecrow thing and he's like, gotcha. That's terrifying. Like he jumps out and scares them. That's <laughs> and I chase them through a corn maze until they decide to with leave. With a pitchfork. Yeah. At, at the, the end, at the the end of the maze is the door. Is the door. <laughs> wow, we, this, yeah. this we're is, so in this sync. Is hell, this is great. Actually. Got him. Yeah, that that is uh, uh they have to you're running behind them with a chainsaw and then that forces them yeah. to get through the grieving process. Yeah. 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 They experience it all at once. Yep. I, I thought about this a lot too, um, because I wrote the question, so I had a lot of uh time to think about it. Right. And yeah, sure. I uh I, I thought a fun idea would be um like a like a game emporium of sorts. Ooh. Like a like a Dave like and Busters. Yeah, like a Dave and Busters, but but like with every type of game, so not just like of the video game variety, but like board games, card games, um, you know, sports, whatever, but just in a way, time crisis too, (laughs) if that's your jam, um, but in a way to, (laughs) to remind people of the, the concept of fun and the importance of fun and play. Um, and I think that that could help with grief, um, so that was that was kind of my idea. It I was would, just like a. I would never leave Parker and Buster's. Parker yeah. and Buster's. Parker and Buster's death Dave emporium. And yeah, um, you go. die, but it's unlimited arcades, so you get to play yeah. ski ball. <laughs> Wait, we're just talking about yeah, grief over ski ball. Um, do you, I mean, do you get to if you get enough tickets. You win. You <laughs> yeah. Open the if door. you get enough tickets, you get to go through the door. That way, it, it gamifies it too. So they think yeah. like it's not even a bad thing that they're they're right. moving on. It's like oh, I I yeah, finally you, saved up enough. You hit the jackpot on the block builder thing that moves back yeah. and forth. And oh, that game's impossible. Um, I did have so back on the tea question. So Parker is our resident um tea tea drinker and tea expert and tea lover. I do love tea, and I drink a cup of peppermint tea before bed every night. Um, so I did like that Wallace's drink was peppermint tea. I felt that okay. was wonderful. That was going to be my question: is what would your special tea that Hugo picks out for you? What, what would your special tea be? Do you think for me? Yeah. Um, for you. So this is this is going to be a shout out to my wonderful wife who uh, knows about my love for tea. One time, she ordered these like special teas. Um, and I can't even remember, they came in like very cool tins. Um, but one of them tastes like fruity pebbles. I'm like, no exaggeration taste exactly (laughs) like fruity pebbles. And it was just amazing. Like it was a perfect tea. Um, and, and sadly, because it was like a special blend and had to be ordered online, uh, we didn't, we don't have that like on rotation, um, I think it was caffeine free too, which I typically like a caffeine free tea, uh, only for the sake that I can have it as my bedtime drink, which I love right. a warm bedtime drink. Um, so that thank you for asking, Brett. But if 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 <laughs> Hugo was serving me tea, at, you know, post my death, fruity I'd like pebbles. to think that we'd I'd have we'd share some fruity pebble tea, and I honestly think we'd be pretty we'd be pretty close i feel like we'd be yeah. good friends <laughs> you would bro out a little bit we'd pal around yeah like he, i'd be i don't even think i'd i'd be like yeah you're doing your thing 
Like I, maybe I'd hang out for a little while, but I'm not going to get in his way except for to hang out with Apollo and pet a ghost dog. Cause that sounds yeah, fun. Ghost dog is cool. And drink unlimited fruity pebble tea. Fruity pebble and tea. And drink unlimited fruity pebble tea. Yeah. Maybe I would hang out for a little <laughs> I was while. Say, it was, it was my kind of shop. I was going to say the tea shop is you're, you're going to, you're going to be helping out. You're going to be helping May bake in the back and you're going to be drinking tea with Hugo and Nelson. Drinking it was a tea. really um, unnecessary. I guess it's not unnecessary because it speaks to her character. But a part of May that I loved was that she listened to I as- assume just heavy, like metal. death metal yeah. rock. Yeah, <laughs> like, fantastic. While she's baking like like donuts. <laughs> yeah, great, Lo- lovely. They're and- also yeah like. They're the community of that tea shop. Every time something major would happen, they would talk about how they would shutter the windows and put a sign on the door, and everyone was always so bummed. But it was like but they yeah. would always come back. Don't you want to live well, like, in that community? E- yes, okay. even like the the stuff with like Nancy and and Desdemona Triplethorn. I thought was I, I really I <laughs> yeah. thought that was so much more compelling and interesting. Yeah. And so. uh, to to Dan's point earlier, I would have been OK with the book being a little bit longer and them having more guests come through yeah. the tea shop like day living day. and dead. Yeah. Like living and dead. Because really, we only had um, Cameron Alan and Alan and Cameron kind of. But he was before even Wallace. And then in the epilogue, there was another one that they mentioned. But like they could have. I, I and I kind of like early on thought it would have been more of this of Wallace witnessing other people yeah, come same. through the shop who have and died helping shepherd them. And, yeah, and, and also just kind of like seeing how they have lived their lives either to the fullest or not, and and um, kind of be able to process grief with other people who are processing grief. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I I, I thought it was it was good. It, it was it was a very very cool concept. Um, and despite my nitpicking of some of the things that I think weren't maybe executed a hundred percent, I did have a fun time reading about it and playing with you guys in this imaginative space. Yeah. It's also short. And so I always say like, if you're going to read something and not love it, at least it's shorter, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can read this. Very, I read this book very quickly. Um, and, and, and I will I, say I definitely recommend it to, to people that I think would enjoy this. Yes, and I, I will say if you're a fan of this or if you're a fan of cozy um, fantasy, and I know we've talked about it a lot, but uh, T.J. Klune wrote another book, uh, The House in the Cerulean Sea, and um, it's about a man who shuts or not shuts down monster orphanages. He he's like he works for Damn. social services. I mean, kind of because he yeah. works for social services for this company that does like they look over orphanages for monsters and he has to go and uh see if this one in particular needs to be shut down and he it's like a found family book um it's also a a queer romance um i think that is mostly what tj clune writes um so if like if, if that's also something that you're looking forward to yeah he does it really well and that one in particular is a really beautiful allegory of um acceptance and it's kind of through the lens of these these like these monster children who are who are wonderful and innocent um and then how some people don't uh view them as 
you know, should have like having the same amount of rights because they're they're different. And so, you know, obviously there's some there's some one to one allegory there, uh, but it's it's a really, really good read. Um, and and I think T.J. Clune's best from what I've read. So that's that's my last thought. And now I'll shut up. Very good. I have a, a very quick author's note if you'd like to hear it. I would, please. Uh, so this is just about T.J. Klune. Um, some of his earlier books actually just got picked up to be re-released by Tor Publishing. It's his Green Creek series. Parker, have you read these or seen these? I've seen them, um, and I haven't read them. They're, they've got, like, animals on the front. Yes, Are they about so, animals? Uh, yeah. I'm actually Wolf's, not sure. They're song, super maybe? pretty covers. Um, Wolf Song, Raven Song, Heart Song yeah. are the first three. Um, they came out probably five or six years ago, and Tor is picking them up printing out new editions. Um, I think kind of following the hype of Cerulean Sea and Under the Whispering Door because both these books did really well. So check those out. Check them out. He also has In the Lives of Puppets, which came out, I think, earlier this year. Oh, shoot. You're right. Yeah. And I, so I was actually, I was <laughs> reading, uh, I went to a bookstore and picked it up and read the back. It sounds super interesting. It's about uh, three robots who live in a community in the woods with their human friend. Um, and then you find like the human, I guess, is the main character, but he finds out that like the robots used to be a part of a culture of robots that murdered humans. And oh, nice. it sounds, giant. yeah, right. It's, it sounds really good and interesting. Um, and so I think I'll probably pick that one up at some point, some point soon, but this year I'm rereading a lot of books. So that's what I'm <laughs> doing first. Very nice. Sounds like um, a plan. Anything else? Bookmark it? Yeah, let's bookmark it there. Sweet. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. It's mine, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Parker. Thank you to Jacob Robinson for our epic and wonderful theme music. Thank you to Maddie Moon for our um, perfect and beautiful cover art. And thank you to you, the listeners, for uh, continuing to listen to us, idiots, and <laughs> send in your I'm thoughts. So, I'm, I'm so sorry. This is this is an interjection at at the hour mark. I know we're running long. Um, as a quick reminder, if you're still listening, and man, that'd be amazing if you Probably are listeners. Not. Thank you. Probably not. Um, we are going biweekly, so that starts next month. And it'll be the second Tuesday in July is when we will have an episode out. Um, yes. And then the last Tuesday in July. So we're going to stay on that yeah. um, trajectory. For the second and the fourth, I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Second and fourth. So so don't be alarmed if you don't panic. see us in your feed. Widespread um, panic. Widespread panic. Sound the alarms. Um, but we we promise that we will try to have higher quality content since we are having a more prolonged time between content. We'll see if it actually happens. Double the fun. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it sounded oh, like boy. a lot of faith from the book. Yeah, of the a friends. lot of faith. Uh, double the fun, double the time. Uh, East of Eden is our July book of the month by John Steinbeck. Pick it up and start reading Parker Moon because I started it and it is long. Is it's it long? Big, it's a big book. Okay, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start that book before the last week of okay, July. Good. I, pro- good. I promise good, 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 you. Good. I started it last night and my ever and my Kindle time. You know, like time to finish book 
maybe it still has to adjust, but it's it's sitting at 15 hours right now. So Oof, and you're a fast reader. So yeah, triple that for me. Triple right. it. Um, never forget the real fruity pebble tea is the one that Jara Parker drinks every single night. Watch Dr. Pimple Popper too. Okay, I'm the guy.